Welcome to Shine KC. I'm your host, Tina Johnson. For those who don't know my story, there are some heavy parts to it. But hang tight with me through Shine KC Conviction. It will help give you a greater understanding of domestic violence. You never know. There may be some time that someone in your life needs the knowledge, the edification, and quite possibly future help. You know, as I thought about my intro to my very first uh, full episode of Casey Conviction, I was thinking about titles, a lot about titles, actually. And um, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about the titles that you bear and the responsibility that comes with each one of those titles? You know, a, a few of my titles I thought about was wife or beautiful bride, as my husband calls me, which, you know what, I'm going to take beautiful bride as long as I can get it at my age. Trust me. Another title is mom or mommy or mama, as my kids like to say, or sometimes a dude will come off. Well, let me tell you what, I always stop him in their tracks every single time. I'm not your dude. Every one of my kids who are listening right now just said that. I'm not your dude. I know. I'm not your dude. (laughs) My favorite title, Nana. Hands down. I love being a Nana. Um, I'm a born-again Christian. Christian's a, a title of mine. I'm a small business entrepreneur that has great responsibility. I'm a nonprofit board member. Um, I'm a member on the executive board on the same nonprofit. Great responsibility there. Um, I'm a published author. And, you know, the list can go on and on. Uh, my titles, your titles um, hold so much responsibility. But another title that I hold is domestic violence survivor, which brings me to my why. The biggest mission I have for KC conviction, Shine KC conviction, is domestic violence awareness. Because statistics say three women are killed a day at the hands of their abuser. Three women too many are killed a day at the hand of their abuser. Basically, domestic violence in simple terms is defined using anything, anything to gain power and control over a partner. Domestic violence can and does happen to males and female partners, both. It is not prejudiced. But because I am a female and my abuser was a male, I'll refer to abusers with the pronoun as he, because that's what was personal in my situation. I was in an abusive situation for 10 years, and quite frankly, I thought it was normal. Someone else looking from the outside in may be able to see red flags you can't see because you're just trying to stay ahead of the next occurrence, shielding the kids from unseen outbursts of rage because someone upset him at work and he had an image to uphold and couldn't react at work. Plus, 
My abuser convinced me I was crazy. It was all in my head. It was all my fault. Anything that I got, I deserved. And if I told anyone, no one would believe me anyway. Even if I told someone of the abusive words and actions going in, going on in my household, my abuser continually convinced me no one would believe me. So then, long story short, and I'll just kind of give you pieces here and there, I finally mustered up enough courage to confide in what I thought was a friend I'd met at at the church I was going to. You would think church would be the safest place to share your pain, but just a little of what was going on in my house. I thought no one would believe me because that's what I was told over and over and over again. So I was just going to share just a piece of what was going on. After sharing some of my story, be it very little, she said as if I was a child. She responded to me, God doesn't want you to leave your husband. I smiled and looked down as if to cower to her as well. My first thought, and I'm sure you know what it was, she didn't believe me. Then I questioned myself, was my abuser right? Quite frankly, I'm going to be real transparent in this podcast. I questioned God a little, not who he was. I knew who he was, but I questioned how he must view me. Does he view me as second class like some of the men did in my life? Not all of the men, certainly not. I have some amazing men in my family. But my dad left when I was 12 years old, never saw him again, which left me feel abandoned. My oldest daughter's dad left me as a teenage mom. So I felt not only abandoned from childhood, but then like damaged goods. I started viewing God like he had a big finger pointing shame into my life if I thought about leaving my husband. Years later, just so we're clear on one thing, I want to make one thing clear before I go on. That friend in church, who really wasn't my friend, by the way, just wanted the glory to be responsible for saving my marriage. She really didn't hear what I had to say. And if you don't hear anything else in this podcast, hear this. She was dead bang wrong. The holier-than-thou response was well executed and almost cost my family our lives. I want to say that again, because if there's any legalistic, holier-than-thou Christians listening right now, I want you to know that her well-executed response to somebody who was being abused in their home could have cost me and my family their lives. If you're in an abusive situation, my friend, God does not want you to remain within that situation, within that marriage, Christian or not. I don't believe God wants you to stay within a marriage where there is abuse taking place. I'll repeat that over and over and over again. Do not stay in a marriage, Christian or not, where there is any kind of abuse taking place. But what I do know after going through leaving an abuser is, guys, it's really not leaving. I am going to coin this phrase for you. 
It's a strategic escape. The escape. Most deaths occur when women try to leave their abuser. Over 70% will be killed in the process or sometime after leaving their abusers. Maybe during a child drop-off due to the court-ordered shared custody or trying to move on with her life and being stalked. My abuser changed his hair, rented a rental car, and stalked me. He wanted my life dead. So how many times... Have you asked, why doesn't she leave? Can I answer that for you? And actually, we're going to dedicate a whole podcast um, later on down the road to this subject. But if it were that easy to leave, don't you think she would? But let me ask you to consider retraining your brain on that subject a little bit. Why doesn't he just leave? And why does he continue to abuse? Why are we putting it on the victim? Why are we in 2022 and we're still putting it on the victim? I bet the people that helped my children and I in our escape certainly will never ask that question to anyone ever again. When you witness the life-changing actions of an abuser losing their way, it gets ugly. But rest assured, healing will come. Once that happens, how does a domestic violence victim become a survivor? We're going to talk about that entire podcast too, uh, a separate one, because there's so much to unpack there. I couldn't say I was a domestic violence survivor for 11 years after my abuser died. It was 11 years of doing the hard work. There's always baggage and can be Triggers, of course, with anything, but true healing can come. You know, that baggage leaked right into my marriage today, and I'm actually going to dedicate another podcast to loving a domestic violence survivor. I got to tell you, my husband, oh my heavens, what he gets to deal with day in and day out. Okay, so as a young girl, I was a little street scrapper from the Philadelphia area. The Spitfire was taken from me for so long because of domestic violence that I have it back and I'm not giving it up. My sweet, gentle, giant, humble husband gets to deal with that day in and day out. I always tell him, lucky you. And he says, no, I'm blessed, honey. And then he just cracks up and shakes his head. Number one, I'm so thankful God gave him to me. I could not be more thankful. And number two, he puts in the work. He loves me and my family with his whole heart. Most of the time, I would never say all of the time, We'll let him, we'll let him say that, but <laughs> most of the time he thinks my spitfire is pretty cute. Thank goodness. Well, moving on. Psychology states hurt people will hurt people, but when you are honestly looking for healing, hurt people can really bring healing to people just by sharing their story, sharing their life sharing what their fears were at the time, you know, you become safe and you attract 
hurt people when you're transparent and you share your story. Also, having active faith, I definitely believe I made it through because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. But it wasn't that alone. It was because of Jesus and people. An organization I called. Family that stepped in. It made me feel valuable. You know, I sit on a nonprofit board. It was the organization that I called over 20 years ago. And they're a large part of why I'm alive today. I have a conviction to step into the heart of hurting people to help them with my story. It would be easier for me, trust me, to just move on without looking back. But I know that the healed can see what's going on in the hurting, and the hurting can have hope that healing will come if I talk. I know what it took for me to get through the difficult season in my life, and now I take great responsibility to help others get through the difficulty. Maybe not one-on-one, but with my story and with my experiences. And I'm thankful for outlets like these podcasts. I, you just never know who you can reach. It's a pay it forward motion, so to speak. There's safety and removal of shame when someone goes through the same exact thing that you've gone through. Part of our business plan in early pre-pandemic 2020 was to start a podcast studio as well as opening our brick-and-mortar boutique. Well, how'd 2020 turn out for you? And in 2021, we, we rethought it, of course, our podcasting, because my annual word was voice. And I wanted to think it through because I wanted it to be the right time, the right content, the right place, everything, because I wanted to be a trusted voice. I wanted to especially for the voices that were snuffed out due to domestic violence. I want to speak for them, a voice for those who haven't found their voices yet. I want to speak for you, a voice for those survivors to help break the taboo surrounding domestic violence. I want to educate to be that voice on the different types and forms of domestic violence. No bruises doesn't mean no abuse. There's nothing more precious than when someone shares their story with me and I can say, I've been there too. And their response, what? You have? I say, have you read my book? I'm sure they're thinking, you're a no-name author. No, I haven't read your book. Well, that's never a worry because I'm always happy to share my story. For anyone listening who may be in an abusive situation, I know how heavy your chin is and I hope my story can help you lift it. There's organizations that want to help you lift your chin again as well. I know what it's like to feel battered and bruised and to second guess myself and to not feel safe and to feel second class. I ran that race. It may take both of my hands, but I can help you to lift your head until you can raise your own. God is the lifter of our heads ultimately. He may want to use your hands, listener, to lift someone's head. So be ready. In 2022, my word is vision. A victim of domestic violence needs 
vision, a glimpse of hope for future could be all that she needs because you know without vision, you can't see. So if there's anything I want to say to a listener who is in the thick of domestic violence right now or thinks she might be, or maybe she's figuring it out that she's not living in a healthy situation. I've been there too. I know what it's like to feel battered and bruised, to feel second class, like I'm crazy, second guess myself constantly, and to not feel safe. You're not alone. I believe you can't biblically feel compassion without action. You can't have faith without action. I even wrote this in my book where I didn't feel qualified to be an author or to write a book. I don't feel qualified to host a podcast of any way, shape, or form. But when there's a call, all qualifications cease. There's No huge qualification, but I have a voice and fancy equipment, therefore a podcast. I'm happy to have this platform to share my story, to share my heart and love for the Lord and bring awareness to domestic violence. So in conclusion, if you're in a state of waiting for the next occurrence or walking on eggshells in your home, if your first thought was, yes, yes, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next, or I don't even take a breath. It's always eggshells. I encourage you to reach out to a domestic violence hotline in your area to get help. There is life after domestic violence and you are first class worth it. Bye-bye for now.